this week as I was thinking about what we should talk about, I was thinking about how over the past year, there have been so many things that everyone has had to deal with. And yes, this has been a difficult year and it's been different in a lot of respects, but really there are challenges that come up no matter what the year is, no matter what season of life. Uh, for some of us, it's uh, thinking about what's going on in our world and whether it's the pandemic or the political situation or other things that might come up, then, you know, those are the kinds of things that kind of weigh us down and we struggle with. For others, it might be just what's going on in our work or career or workplace or school or the challenges that come up in those kinds of areas. For some, it's within our family and challenges and difficulties that might come up in our family. For some, it's relational challenges. For others, it might be health issues. Regardless, there are all kinds of things that are always going on that are going to just weigh on us and weigh us down. Uh, So, how do we deal with that? How do we um, keep putting one foot in front of the other? Uh, Because it's not just the difficulties that we face. Then, on top of that, it's just the emotional toil that all of that just descends upon us and weighs us down. So, how do we keep putting one foot in front of the other? How do we keep moving forward? How can we face each day with hope? Because that's what we really need in each situation. We need hope. We need the strength to move forward and to keep going. So, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about what one of the things that has been really helpful to me, and it's rooted in this passage of scripture that we're going to be looking at in just a minute. Um, And it's a verse that I've now memorized and a theme that has come up in my life over and over again. And um, so much so that I actually, uh, sometimes you might see me wearing this little bracelet, and on this bracelet are a couple of words, and I'll tell you what they are uh, in a little bit, but they've just served as a reminder of the principles that we're going to be talking about today. So, back in the Thanksgiving into Christmas time, I ran across uh, these bracelets and uh, the idea behind them. And you pick a particular word or phrase that you want to be reminded of. It's a word or phrase of intent. So, around Thanksgiving and then at Christmas time when our family gathered together, we went around and we went through a little exercise that helped people to come up with the word that they wanted to put on this circle. And so, we did that. And ever since then, that has been a constant reminder to me and helped me to navigate through each of the challenges that I face and the kind of challenges that we all face on a daily basis. And one of the words on here, and that is going to be the theme for us today, is this idea of joy. Joy. And uh, I've said many times, if you've been watching for any period of time, you probably remember my saying that joy has been a constant theme that the Lord has been bringing up in my life over and over again. And I've defined joy as the confident assurance that all will be 
well. See, if you have that kind of assurance, that kind of confidence, then you can know that whatever you face, it's going to turn out okay. So that has been the theme, but how do you maintain a sense of joy when the world around you is going sideways, when you feel that emotional weight weighing you down and bearing down on you? And so as we look at this passage, we're going to see that it is actually possible to choose joy because there's something that we can celebrate every day, there's purpose in our pain, and there's strength to be found in joy. Now, we get this from Nehemiah chapter 8, just a couple of verses. They're a little bit longish verses, but it's a fairly short passage. And I want to read this to you, and this is where this idea comes from. So, let's look at it together. First, I'll set the the context and set the scene for you. Uh, Nehemiah, of course, is the book where it's all about the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. That was the big thing, the big project that Nehemiah worked on. Uh, He was the governor, the civil leader of Jerusalem, and he worked in close partnership with Ezra, who was the religious leader. He was the scribe and priest, and they were contemporaries and worked together. And it's describing in this passage a time where the wall uh, is complete and they're rededicating themselves to following the Lord. So, this is what it says beginning at verse 8. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. They read from the book of the law of God. It's talking about the Torah, the first five books, the Pentateuch, uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy, the, the law or instruction of the Lord, and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that as we look at this together, that you would minister strength to everyone who is listening. That for people who are discouraged or who feel heavy, uh, the heavy burden of what's going on in the world or in their lives, that you would lift up their countenance, that you would strengthen them, that you would give them joy in exchange for their mourning, that you would give them freedom, that you would give them a sense of lightness, that you would give them hope. Lord, I believe that there there are good reasons to have hope. I believe that despair is always a lie. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage and strengthen everyone who is listening, everyone is watching through your word, through your spirit, and through our time together. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 
Amen. All right, well, let's look at this together. And again, the bottom line is this, that we choose joy. And in this passage, I'm going to focus in on that second half of verse 10. And it starts out with this lesson. There's something to celebrate every day. There's something to celebrate every day. Look at how Nehemiah 8.10, uh, the second half starts. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Now, in this particular setting, this is the beginning of the civil new year for them. So, it's kind of a new year celebration. It's a fresh start. It's a, it's a, a holiday. And that's actually, you know, where we get that word. Holiday comes from holy day, sacred day. It's a holiday. And he says, this is a sacred day. This, this particular day that we are together is a sacred day. What makes something sacred or holy? It's set apart for a particular purpose. And so, they had gathered to read the word of the Lord. Most of us are gathering, if we're watching on the church online platform on Sunday, that is a day that we generally set aside for the purposes of worship and gathering in the variety of ways that we do. And, uh, but Every, I get from this that whatever day you're facing, this is a sacred day. It can be a holy day. It can be a holiday. And uh, so, I've kind of taken that to heart. And sometimes it's easy because we have holidays built in. It might be Valentine's Day or some other holiday that is set aside to celebrate or for a particular purpose. Uh, within our families, you, we have certain days that we celebrate, birthdays and anniversaries. And, but I've even taken this a step farther. I'm always looking for something to celebrate on every day of the year. I've made up holidays. Uh, in July, the day that we arrived in New Hampshire, that's New Hampshire Day for me. In March, on the 28th of March, I celebrate Anything is Possible Day. Why? Because it's 328. And that reminds me of when the Patriots came back from that score to overcome that deficit and beat the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. Sorry for you people in Atlanta who are watching this. But anyway, I just, I'm always looking for opportunities to celebrate, people to celebrate, situations to celebrate, and to think about that every day can be a sacred day before the Lord. And this is actually a biblical principle. If you uh, look, that this theme kind of picks up in a variety of different ways. This was one of my grandfather's favorite verses, Psalm 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, what is the day? It's this day. What day? This day. Whatever day we're in, this is a day that the Lord has made and we can choose joy. We will rejoice and be glad in it. There's determination. There is choice. There is purpose in that sentence. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I would also point you to Ephesians 2.10. I love this verse. It says, For we are God's masterpiece, 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's like when, when you heard the gospel and when you responded, when you said yes to Jesus, not only were you saying yes to Jesus, but God did something on the inside. He created you anew from the inside out. He gave you a new heart, a new spirit, and he is crafting us into his masterpiece. But look what the second half of this verse says, so that, what's the purpose? What is he crafting? What is he working towards? Why were we created anew in Christ Jesus? So that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And the way I think about this verse every day is that every day, God has good things planned for me good things for me to walk in, good things for me to do, good things for me to accomplish. He's planned that for me. So, every day is set aside for his purposes. Every day, God has a plan. Every day, God has good things that he has planned for us to do. And so, we can choose to celebrate. We can choose joy because there's something to celebrate in every day. He has good things planned for us. But in addition to that, we can choose joy because there's purpose in our pain. Pain and difficulty, challenges are always going to come up, but even in the midst of those, we can find God's purpose at work in our pain. Look at what it says in the next phrase of Nehemiah 8.10. This is sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, you might have noticed that what was happening there is they were hearing God's word being preached, but then there was mourning and weeping. This is how it's described. The, they read from the book of the law of God. So, they're reading from the scriptures, God's instructions, his, uh, his guidance for life. And what was going on, they were clearly explaining the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. And this is actually uh, very, very inspiring and very parallel to what I hope to accomplish every time. We are a biblically-based church. We're going to be reading from God's Word. We want it to be helpful We want it to be understandable, clearly explaining, understanding each passage. And the reason that we do that is because we want it to be applicable. We want you to be able to take something from Sunday that you can apply Monday through Saturday. So, that's what was going on. And then they are told, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For the day is a, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. Well, why did they say don't be mourning and weeping? It's because that's what they were doing. It says for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Now, what was going on here is that the people hadn't been reading and hadn't been familiar with what God's instructions were. And so, as they were reading it, they were realizing that they had not been following the Lord. They had not been doing what He had required of them. And, uh, and so, there was great sadness and there was sorrow because they didn't know and they hadn't been following what the Lord had required of them. And, in the 
instruction. It laid out, you know, if you do these things, then things will go well for you. If you don't do these things, then you're going to find that things do not go well for them. And they had been through a lot and they realized, oh, this, we kind of brought this on ourselves by not following the Lord and following in his ways. And so there was this weeping. But Nehemiah and Ezra are trying to redirect their focus and trying to show them that they can choose joy because now they have an opportunity in front of them. Now that they know, now that they've heard the word of the Lord, they can do something about it. They can decide to follow in the Lord's ways. And so that sorrow could lead to a change of heart, which results in a change of direction. And so, they're encouraged to celebrate that. Same kind of thing the Apostle Paul talked about when he was writing to the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, this is the message translation. It says, now I'm glad, not that you were upset, but that you were jarred into turning things around. In this passage, He's talking about a letter where he had to be a little bit direct, a little bit confrontational. He had to point out some things that they needed to change in their church. And there was sorrow. It was a painful conversation. But he says, now, on the the other side of this, I'm glad, not that you were upset, but that you were jarred into turning things around. You let the distress bring you to God not drive you from him. You let the distress bring you to God, not drive you from him. And so, as we face the different challenges and distresses and difficulties that we're facing, we have a choice. We can either allow it to cause bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, anger, or we can choose joy. We can let the distress drive us towards him, bring us to God. The more traditional translation of this is is that godly sorrow leads to repentance. When you have a sorrow that is godly, that, that the kind of sorrow that God has in mind for us is not designed just for us to just feel defeated and discouraged. It's designed to prompt us to turn towards him, to draw close to him, to turn to him for comfort, forgiveness, and for his leadership. And so, I'm going to encourage you to take whatever you've been facing, whatever difficulties, whatever challenges, whatever discouragements that you have been facing, and use them as an opportunity not to be driven away from him, but to turn towards him. And maybe you're realizing that not only have things been happening out there, but that you have made some choices for which you are sorrowful, that you realize that you've blown it, that you've blown up some relationships and some situations, and there's sorrow and discouragement related to that. Don't allow that to drive you from God. Allow it to bring you to Him. And I will start out with this, that it's an opportunity when you realize the past and your part in making things go sideways, your part in causing pain and suffering, that 
that's an opportunity for you to have that godly sorrow that leads to repentance, to turn to the Lord, to turn your life over to Him, allow Him to turn things around, allow Him to forgive you, allow Him to write a new ending to your story. If you've never made that conscious decision to turn your life over, to commit your life to Jesus, let me encourage you to do that now, to say yes to the Lord. What are you saying yes to? You're saying yes to His forgiveness, that you want what He did on the cross to count for you, for your sins to be forgiven, for the punishment of those sins to uh, have been placed on Jesus so that the forgiveness that he bought for you can be applied to your life. You're saying yes to his leadership and lordship. You're saying, I've been doing things my way, and now it's time to turn around and start following the Lord and doing things his way, that he's going to be the boss, that he's going to call the shots, that I'm going to do things his way. So say yes to Jesus. When you do that, your sins will be forgiven. You will get a new heart and a new spirit. And he will make every day, he's going to craft you along with the rest of his people into a masterpiece. And every day he's going to plot out and plan out good things for you to do as you are created anew in Christ Jesus. If you're doing this, let us know. We want to be able to celebrate this decision. There's a party going on in heaven, according to Luke 15, for every follower, uh, every person who turns and becomes a follower of Jesus. So we want to celebrate that. And we also want to resource you. We want to encourage you and resource you for your new life in Christ. So click the button if you're on the church online platform. Text YES to 603-225-2550, our church number, if you, wherever you are and however you're listening or watching, and we'll be able to celebrate with you and resource you for your new life in Christ. Uh, the other thing that you'll see is, here's another passage from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Again, the Apostle Paul writing, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, every situation, good, bad, and ugly, in every situation, turn that over to the Lord. But then look at what the next phrase is, with thanksgiving to focus on those things that you can be grateful for, to choose joy in the midst of those challenging situations. And then what can you expect? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It doesn't even make sense. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You want to be able to navigate through those difficulties. You want to choose joy in the midst of whatever you're facing, find those things that you can be thankful for. The Apostle Paul picks up the same theme in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. Always be joyful. How can you always be joyful? Not everything is joyful. Well, you have to choose joy. Never stop praying. Keep turning those things over to the Lord and entrusting yourself and your concerns to Him. And then there's that phrase again, be thankful in all circumstances. Now, notice this doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. Not every circumstance is a good circumstance, but in the midst of all circumstances, we can find something to be thankful for. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So, we choose joy because there's something to celebrate every day. 
we choose joy because there's purpose in our pain. And in the midst of all circumstances, we can focus on those things for which we can be thankful and we can see how God is at work even in the midst of our pain. And then lastly, we choose joy because there's strength found in joy. The last phrase from Nehemiah 8.10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. In order for you to navigate successfully through the ups and downs of life, you are going to need strength, you're going to need encouragement, and here we learn that the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Proverbs 17, it has the same theme. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. In other words, just having the right attitude, choosing joy, having a cheerful heart, it's like medicine. It's going to heal you. It's going to fix things. It's going to make things better. But in contrast, a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Literally, it says it just dries up the bones. You, you, you just become dry and brittle. A broken spirit saps a person's strength. So, Nehemiah continues and he's saying, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. In the midst of whatever you're facing, you can make the choice to choose joy. And in the midst of that, that's going to give you strength. Here's his prescription in this time frame. He says, go and celebrate. In other words, throw a party. Find something that you can celebrate, get together to the extent that you can with the people you can, and Eat good food and drink good drinks and just have a party. Choose to celebrate. And when you do that, you're going to find that that's going to give you strength. Because as you rejoice in the Lord, as you experience the joy of the Lord, as you choose joy, you're going to find ways to celebrate and find things to celebrate, find people to celebrate, find situations to celebrate, things for which you can give thanks. And then the second half of it is to be generous. And he says, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. We're going to have a potluck. Everybody brings something. And if you don't have anything to bring, come anyway, because we're going to be generous. We're going to share. We're going to throw a party. So, uh, in order to experience this, you have to choose joy. You have to choose joy. Find something to celebrate every day. Find the purpose that God is working in the midst of your pain. And then draw strength from the joy that you get as you celebrate with others and as you share with others as well. So I'm going to suggest that this is the challenge that you take on for this week. And that is to celebrate something or someone this week. Celebrate something or someone this week. Find something to celebrate and send a card, give a call, send a text, throw a party if you can, buy a cake for no good reason, but find something to celebrate and then find someone to celebrate. In the midst of this 
a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people are doing the best that they can with the situation that they are facing, with the hand that they've been dealt. And sometimes people just need to hear, you know what? I know you're struggling, but you're doing a good job. I know you're struggling, but just keep on putting one foot in front of the other. I believe in you. I see how you have faced the challenges that you've faced, and I'm just so inspired by what you've done. You are doing a good job. You know, people need to hear this, and they're not going to hear this necessarily from others. So take the initiative, celebrate something or someone, send that encouragement, throw that party, find that reason to celebrate. I told you that over the holidays, uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving, we uh, did this among our family and our circle. And again, it was the idea of coming up with a word of intent. It's a reminder of how God is at work and the life that I want to live. And we shared, uh, we passed around cards and we came up with uh, encouraging words to share with one another to help each person decide the word that they were going to use. And I had decided a a set of three words. And this is my intent. This is my constant reminder. So, if you see me, then you're probably going to see this. The first word is joy. That's my reminder, as I defined it, that I can have joy because I have the confidence that all will be well, that the Lord is going to work things out. Whatever situation I'm facing, whatever discouragement and difficulty and challenge that comes my way, I can have joy because I belong to the Lord. He has promised to work all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So, I can rejoice in all circumstances. I have that confidence, or I need to be reminded to have that confidence. My second word is fun. And I'm going to give you these definitions and these words in the growth guide. So if you don't already have the growth guide, make sure that you pick that up if you want to see what these words are and how I define them. Fun is bringing joy to every interaction and every conversation. So, I just want to have such confidence that everything is going to be okay, that whenever I interact with someone, I want that reminder that, hey, I can, I can enjoy this. Uh, I, I want to bring fun to every interaction and every conversation. So that, the last word, gift, so that every interaction that I have with people, they go away feeling like, oh, that was a gift. I don't want to drag people down. I don't want people to go away saying, whoa, I hope I don't have to encounter him again. I want it to be a gift. I want to bring life. And so if I choose joy, choose to remember that God has God has everything in his hands. He's going to work everything for our good. I can have confidence that no matter what goes on today, all will be well in the end because I belong to Jesus. Then I can interject fun. Uh, interject joy into every conversation and every interaction so that hopefully everyone feels like when they encounter me, that was a gift. Do I live up to that? Not always. By nature, I'm a melancholy. I need these reminders. But that's my intent. That's my hope. And that's the reminder that I take from this scripture. Today, this 
is a sacred day before the Lord our God. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have given us strength sufficient for each day. I pray that you would show each one of us together, we're your people, we're your church, we're your family. We want to celebrate someone and something this week. That We want to recognize that each day is a sacred day from you, and we want to choose the joy of the Lord in every circumstance. Lord, help us. Give us uh, eyes to see the good things that you have planned for us, the good, good plans that you have for us, that we might walk in them. And give us the courage and initiative to celebrate someone and something every day so that we recognize each day is a holy day, a sacred day before you, that you will beat back the dejection and sadness that is uh, so endemic to our world today, and that we will find the strength that comes from the joy of the Lord. This we pray for your glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.